It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yeah, morning everyone. Welcome along to World Cups in a nutshell on this Friday morning. Happy Friday to you, the 4th of November 2022. We are broadcasting through SEN 11.70am in Sydney, SENQ 693am in Queensland and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast. one 1170 is our open line number. Or you can send a text on 0457 736 736. Big show today as well. Ahead of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. We'll chat with Vossi in a moment, see how he's getting on after a very, very long day for him. Uh, they'll be on in an hour. Pat and heels for our Queensland listers on from 6 a.m. local time. Looking forward to that. We'll have a chat with Vossi in just a second. Plus, we'll talk all things football with John Gallo in about 10 or 15 minutes. Big weekend, of course, coming up in the EPL A-League. And we will finish our road to the Football World Cup. And cricket commentator Jack Clifton will join me as well ahead of a big couple of days in the T20 World Cup for Australia. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 our open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736. Let's start off by doing this. It's now time for a Rugby League World Cup update. Yeah, and this next man on the line. Firstly, I just want to check on his welfare, Andrew Voss. Good morning to you. Um, have you had any sleep by the time you finished uh, the run home with Fletch and coming on air now? Uh, that is the answer to that one. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Hello, um, Vossi. Yeah, How what, are a, you? what a trip. Wow. I've been telling you about how tough it is the trains never complain about the strikes in Australia because they're mm. nowhere near as bad here. No strike yesterday, but we're building up to three strikes in the space yes. of five days. And last night, you know, to get to a station at 10.30 at night and just bang, cancel. Like, seriously, like 10.30 at night and you've got a long way to go all the way back from York after the women's match. And then it was just, oh, cross country and standing on Leeds Station for an hour and a suitcase, mm. which the train wouldn't go because there was a suitcase on the station someone had left there. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, got in about 40 minutes sleep before the drive show. And it was real quality <laughs> radio. I think there's been an enormous reaction mm. to it. Uh, is it is it the Walkleys? Is that the radio? What's the uh, radio? Acras, Acras, Acras. Yeah, they're putting that episode um, from yesterday in for an Acra in a special category. Could be the Walkleys yeah. as well. Maybe you'll get both for just that wonderful performance yesterday on Drive. But you're backing mm. up today uh, with the yep. breakfast show with Brandy. Hey, well, just before we get to the quarterfinals of the Men's World Cup, yesterday you called Gillaroo seventy four over Cook Islands. Nil, pretty impressive performance from uh, what we saw in here. I think you'd call flexing the muscles, really, mm. the Australian side. It was far from perfect conditions. Gee, it was blowing and wet. It's sort of really squally conditions. But, um, no, great great first hit out for the Australians with uh, 10 players playing their first match for the Gillaroo. So you can imagine how big a moment that was. No matter how accomplished they are in, in you know, New South Wales, Queensland, Origin in Australia and NRLW, they were still representing their country for the first time. So you can imagine a little bit of anxiety but, you know, you couldn't fault any of the players. Australia could improve. Um, you know, a few, a few too many handling errors and errant passes. But for the first match, 
Um, you know, they're going to be, I believe, impossible to beat. Mm. Uh, a comment I made on the coverage last night here, um, or this morning there, uh, was that this Australian women's side is the best team at the World Cup, yep. male or female. Yep. And uh, people sort of all raised an eyebrow <laughs> about that. Maybe I could have kept the powder dry for a few games, but no, at this start, I'm going to stand by it, that I feel this is an incredibly talented women's side mm. Um just made better by all the effort we've put into NRLW and Origin and the like in Australia. Yeah, and they take on France on Monday morning, Sydney time at 6.30am. Yep. Are you calling that one, Vossi? I am. Yeah. I am. And another thing about the women, see, I think um, what is far better for them as opposed to the men, there's, there's basically no travel. So Australia yeah. is based in York, which is a beautiful city, of course, um, and they play you know, pool matches, even, even semi-final. Uh, in York, so they don't have to go anywhere. Mm. Uh, but maybe they would like to go somewhere, you know, <laughs> to do a bit of, see a bit more of the country. But York's a pretty good spot if you're going to be, you know, battening down for uh, a couple of weeks, three weeks or so. Um, and, and then they just can get in a, a routine, train hard, play hard, and and uh, win the World Cup again for the third time. Yeah, it looked cold there yesterday, Vossi. It looked very, very cold. Ooh, wow, wow. After. Yeah, the, the wind and the rain last night. I was so lucky um, on my way, you know, travelling across the north of England. I went into Halifax, yep, old rugby league town, yesterday and um, met the, the, the club. There was the lady working in the shop and she opened up the supporters shop and I bought a beanie there. So I had my Halifax beanie. That probably saved my life. Um, a raincoat my wife had given me for Father's Day uh, <laughs> come in handy for the first time. I had that on and I was, you know, I, I looked more Sherpa. An Australian <laughs> commentator um, after last night's game in York, waiting for a cab for about thirty minutes in the middle of nowhere because the ground is a fair way out of the town. I think a fair way out. I think I'll pack my big jacket for my trip there next week. I think mm. I think it might be a good idea. Now uh, the men's quarterfinals beginning uh, in about twenty four hours time from now. Now Vossi Melmaninga has declared Nathan Cleary will be his halfback, although yep. now there is a mystery virus sweeping the team. It sounds like a bit like a Queensland State of Origin campaign. Well, I don't think there's any mystery to it. No. A lot of a lot of teams have had this virus. I mean, even back to um, Adam Hills in the PDRL, he had a, mm. a tummy bug that forced him to miss games. Dylan Brown, if you think back to uh, New Zealand v Jamaica, was it? Mm. He he pulled out with illness. It's all tummy bugs related. Mm. I don't know whether it's we could point the finger at street food or uh, the curries. <laughs> I, I don't know, but there is definitely a bug that has been going through more than one team. Incredible number of players seem to be missing games because of that. Mm. Um, and now Mal was the first struck down. Is, is Mal case zero? Possibly he is. <laughs> um, Australia still have got uh, another, uh, you know, another day to prepare uh, for the match. Mm. Um, a little more than that. Oh, what is it now? I can't even work out the yeah. time really to be... <laughs> Just over 24 <laughs> hours frank. until kickoff. That's right. Yes, Tomorrow there. night <laughs> yes. um, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in Huddersf- Uddersf- Uddersfield, sorry, Uddersfield, mm. birthplace of Rugby League, yes. 1895. Um, so I'll be going down there to, uh, to call the game. Um, look, we've got a squad of 24. That's yep. why you have squads. So yep. if some, you know, I don't think they're going to wait to the last hour. If someone wakes up crook on the day, I think for a quarterfinal against Lebanon, they'll make the change and let that person know that they're playing rather than play Ducks and Drakes. Yeah, and you're expecting an Australian win. I, I can't imagine it will be, you know, 50, 60 points, but I still think they'll win tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I, I say this about the Lebanon side. My observation of all the sides at this World Cup, and you've seen some spirited you know, an emotion and passion. I reckon the Lebanese side look like they're having the most fun. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that's the tightest-knit group, and, and maybe that reflects a little bit in performance, mm. um, you know. 
uh, doing it for the bloke standing next to you. So, yeah, I, I, they'll hold their own. But, look, if they come within 40, I think it would be a fair effort from Lebanon, to be perfectly frank. Yeah, totally agree. I'll ask you about uh, Tonga Samoa in a second, but just the other games, which will be Saturday morning Australian time, England and PNG, New Zealand, Fiji. Obviously, England and New Zealand favourites. Do you see either Papua New Guinea or Fiji causing any upsets this weekend? Uh, I think PNG are a chance, mm. uh, but gee, it'd be a party pooping performance if they <laughs> did that because they're saying that uh, that is a sellout um, for the match in Wigan, where um, the Princess of Wales will be in attendance. Yes. Uh, so, you know, sellout crowd. Um, there'll be a little pocket of fans there for PNG. They'd have to start well and they'd have to be disciplined, um, mm. from what I've seen of PNG, because they've got the players. You know, you just see there. Uh, Sylvester Namo up front. Nixon Put was player of the match the other night. Reese Martin's terrific out on the right-hand side. Justin Ollum, Nene McDonald, um, Edwin Epape playing at a dummy half. So there's a lot of talent there. Mm. Um, it'll be England's closest game, no doubt. Um, but if, if PNG was to pull off the, the huge upset, and they have beaten Great Britain. Yep. Did beat Great Britain, coached by, um, by Wayne Bennett. They have beaten them. Mm. Uh, they would have to start well and, and then really, you know, get, get the English side nervous. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it would be disappointing, I think, in a way, if England were to lose and not at least make it to the semi-finals. And uh, whoever wins that game between England and Papua New Guinea will meet uh, the winner of the final quarterfinal, which is 1.30 a.m. Monday morning our time and the mm. highlight of the weekend. Tonga and Samoa. I know you're on the Samoa bus. This should be a great game, though. <laughs> yeah, the Samoan bus I'm on. Um, but, yeah, no, terrific contest in a, uh, in a stadium that I'm hoping will uh, rally... Uh, behind the two sides. They're a little nervous about some, like they're not, obviously the England game's um, locked away, mm. but they're a little nervous, the organisers, about the other crowd, simply because of the, I'm sorry to harp on about the trains, but it really yeah. does cripple um, the nation. And, and you you know, and it's easy for Brandy to say, you know, we'll hop in a car, but <laughs> it's a long trains way. aren't running. Then <laughs> I don't know whether you want to be on the roads mm. and the motorways and what have you. So it's going to, it is going to impact, you know, the casual observer I don't think it's going to put in the effort to, to go many miles to, to watch these games live. I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Mm. Um, but that is, um, that is on a day where, even though it's not a strike day, in between strikes, there's just no certainty. You can't book a ticket in advance. So as for the match itself, if they got the crowd that I experienced in 2013, which was Samoa versus New Zealand, mm. it would be the match of the World Cup because it's a terrific ground with the terraces. 18,000 feels like 50. Um, and they'll adopt their favourite team. There, there might be a 50-50 split, or they might, you know, show some allegiance to Samoa. Just just enormous clash, that one. Enormous clash. Yeah, looking forward to it all, and I'm looking forward to you with Brandy on the breakfast show. Do you think you can stay awake for another four hours? Oh, yeah. No, I'm just... just, just that, This is just my taper now. I'm just going to have another little ham roll before the yep. show starts. Maybe a cup of tea Good before idea. the show starts. Seems a very British thing to do. I don't, I've, had, I've had one cup of tea the whole time I'm here. There's a stat for you. One yeah, cup of tea. Uh, I'm not the a whole huge. Time I'm here. Yeah, I'm not a huge coffee or tea drinker, so I probably wouldn't be. I've had a lot of coffees. No, yes. I've had a lot of coffees. Mm. No, no, that's yeah. very different. Yeah. Uh, I've had a million coffees. <laughs> yes, I've got different. a loyalty card. I've gone through about seven of them <laughs> yes. at the coffee place. Don't worry about that. I think you might need another yeah. one coming up. Thank you, Vossi. We'll hear you after six with Brandy. Good man, Lieutenant. Thank you. Andrew Voss there in the UK head of a big weekend of the Rugby League World Cup into the quarterfinal stages of the Men's Rugby League 
World Cup. Just on the Women's Rugby League World Cup as well, mentioned Australia will play uh, France 6.30 a.m. Monday morning. Just the other games uh, tomorrow night at 11 p.m., England will play Canada. Uh, Sunday morning at 4 a.m., it's Papua New Guinea and Brazil. Then Monday morning at 4 a.m., Kiwis up against the Cook Islands. And then it'll be the Gillaroos up against France. It is 11 minutes past 5 o'clock. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Just before a break, and we talk to John Gallo. Let's do your hot topic for today. Does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream at 12 past 5, 12 past 4 in Queensland. Simple question for you this morning. We've got a lot of sport on this weekend. Just talk to Vossi about the Rugby League World Cup. The T20 World Cup. We'll talk to Jack Clifton about that, our cricket expert, shortly. EPL, A-League, NBL. A lot of other sport happening that... Um, I may have missed your bold prediction for the weekend. What is going to be the headline come Monday morning? I think a lot of it will probably surround the cricket, but your prediction for the weekend, 0457 736 736 or the open line number is 1300 1170. After the break, we'll have a chat with John Gallo and a bit of news floating around about Jackson Hastings and maybe not uh, long-term at the West Tigers. We'll talk about it next. It's 12 past five, 12 past four in Queensland. This is World Cups in a nutshell. Remember, open line number 1300 01 1170, or you can text 0457 736 736. Yeah, going to talk football with John Gallo in just a second. Just a bit of news floating around about Jackson Hastings uh, overnight. Back page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney. Uh, he could be the surprise odd man out at the West Tigers following the stunning deal that is set to land star English international John Bateman. So we've heard about this over the past few days. But Bateman's pending return... Um, uh, he's the tough back row, and Hastings weren't exactly what you'd call the best of mates uh, previously when they uh, played at Wigan. Uh, Hastings agent Sam Ayub could not be contacted for comment, uh, but it's fair to say rival clubs are watching closely to see how the situation unfolds. Uh, he's off contract at the end of next season, Jackson Hastings, but if he becomes available, obviously in 2023, there'll be a lot of clubs very interested. He was one of the shining lights of the West Tigers throughout the majority of the season, just gone. So interesting. You don't want to be losing Jackson Hastings. Uh, there's talks about Luke Brooks, of course, going to the Newcastle Knights as well, whether that be for the 2023 season or the 2024 season. But yeah, going to be very, very interesting indeed. John Gallo is on the line to talk football. We do that for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. John, a very, very uh, good morning to you. Very good morning to you too, mate. Hope you're uh, doing well. Yes, doing very well. Let's have a look at the A-League um, and we'll just look at a couple of the matches. Firstly, Wanderers, they're playing tomorrow night at 7.45pm against the Central Coast Mariners. How do you see this one going? Yeah, well, Wanderers have been undefeated this season after four games and during brilliantly three wins and a draw heading into this one, high up on second on the A-League ladder. And uh, Central Coast, well, they've had a draw, a loss and a win uh, coming in at seventh position. So a little bit inconsistent for the Mariners. Um, and this will be backs against the wall type of stuff given Wanderers' recent form and the fact that the Wanderers are at home as well. So... I do favour the uh, Western Sydney Wanderers to get all three points. Yeah, that should be an interesting game tomorrow. And we look at Sydney FC's opponent as well against the Brisbane Raw. That's Sunday afternoon at 3pm. 
Yeah, third on the on the ladder now. City FC have turned their form around early season, as expected, four games in. A loss, two wins and a draw coming into this one. Um, whereas Brisbane Wall have been limping around a little bit at the start of the season. They've had three draws and a loss, yet to get their first win of the season. Um, they'll be desperate to find first three points to try and kick-start their season again. But given recent form and, and where Sydney FC are on the ladder, pretty much similar to, to the Wanderers, You've got to back Sydney FC to get all three points against the wall. And just quickly, uh, MacArthur travelled to Wellington. Do you see them winning against Wellington? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a real possible case. I mean, they had a loss last week to MacArthur, but I think Wellington have been a little bit inconsistent themselves, particularly at home. They haven't been that great. Um, they're really going to have to make the home form count this season if they want to go up the A-League ladder and really compete. But um, I think MacArthur will be just slightly too good for, for Wellington. All right, let's get stuck into the EPL. It is the second last round before the World Cup break, uh, so some important games coming up. It all begins uh, Sunday morning at 2 a.m. This is all Sydney time, so subtract an hour if you're in Queensland. Nottingham Forest will play Brentford. Yeah, this will be a decent game to watch. Um, obviously, for, for Nottingham, they're going to have a shock uh, defeat last week. Well, not a shock defeat. They had a defeat against Arsenal. It wasn't really a shock to anyone. <laughs> but, I mean, it was <laughs> it was a real disappointment for them not to get the, the result. Um, Bradford really just came in 11th spot. They've been struggling a little bit, Bradford, after having a, a great start of the season the last three games. They've had a draw, a loss, and another draw last week. Um, a little bit inconsistent from them, but I think they'll find a win, find their form again against Nottingham, struggling Nottingham, who's sitting still bottom of the table. So um, I have to back Brentford to get all three points here. Might have been a shock to their players, but maybe no one else. Uh, <laughs> Wolves will play. Uh, I love to see the expression on their face. Yeah, <laughs> Wolves will play Brighton. Of course, speaking of shocks, Brighton shock win. I think it was against Chelsea from memory last weekend. Uh, they travel away to Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, eighth versus nineteenth, Wolves second last on the Premier League ladder. They're still yet to have a full-time manager in the position as well. It's been about four or five weeks where they haven't had a caretake manager now taking over the club. And things are getting bad for worse for Wolves. Their form seems to be slightly uh, way, way off track. Um, and, and really, Brighton, as you see, got the win last week against Chelsea, which was a shock to everybody, really, including myself. But um, I think based on that form last week against, against Chelsea, I think they've turned a corner, hopefully, under Roberto De Zerbi. And you've got to back uh, Brighton, I think, to get all three points away at Wolves. Man City at home. This is also 2am Sunday morning, hosting Fulham. Yeah, one of the big games, I think, to, to really watch out for. I think second versus seventh. Fulham's had a great start of the season. They had two or three weeks where they just kind of dipped away a little bit. But the last four games have been two draws and two wins heading into this game. So their form has really been on song. Obviously, Man City expected to bounce back from their loss against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. They've done exactly that. They've hit their form really, really well. Although, interestingly, the last Premier League game against Leicester, they just won by 1-0. Kevin De Bruyne, a free kick, was the difference in the end. But I think Fulham will make it very difficult for City. I'll be interested to see, obviously, Erling Haaland, whether he starts in this game. He's picked up a bit of a, an injury to his foot, a ligament injury. So without Erling Haaland, as we've seen against Leicester, Man City are not the same team going forward. Um, I think Fulham will really trouble them. I think this might be a draw, to be honest. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, I'll write that one down when we chat again on Tuesday and see if uh, you were right. Uh, with that, now Leeds United, uh, they beat Liverpool earlier on in the week. They are looking to make it back-to-back wins against Bournemouth. Yeah, well, hopefully that that win against um, you know against Liverpool has turned them around and given them the, the more confidence and the morale in that dressing room that they you know can uh, turn around and pick up their season from here, really. But um, 
you know, Jesse Marsh is going to look for more consistency in his players, particularly in his performances and, and in their results, obviously, going forward. Good start against Bournemouth, um, an opportunity for them to really turn things around. Bournemouth have obviously come in with three losses into this game and, and really lacking form and really dipping in the last couple of weeks. They've been really poor to watch, Bournemouth. Um, so I do see Leeds getting all three points in this one. Uh, Sunday morning, 4.30am, Everton will host Leicester City. Yes, well, I think 12 versus 18. Celeste have kind of found their form in the last couple of weeks with back-to-back wins, and then they had a loss last weekend and crashed back down to worth. But this game against Everton will be a big game for both teams. Um, I think Everton with a draw last week, we were a little bit disappointed they had a draw in that game. They thought they probably could have got something out of that game against Fulham. Uh, whereas Leicester, they're still trying to find that, that consistency in their in their performances and certainly in their results as well. I think this is a big opportunity. I'm, I'm going to favour Leicester here to get three points. I think that they'll find form now and Rodgers has got their confidence in the, in the dressing room. Um, but I think it'll be a difficult game. But I still think Leicester will be slightly too good for Everton. This should be a very good game. Sunday night, 11pm, the first game on Sunday, Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah, this is probably one of the big games uh, of the weekend to really watch. I'm really interested to see how Chelsea bounce back after their shock defeat against Brighton uh, last weekend, as we mentioned before. And they were just really off the pace, Chelsea, in this game. From start to finish, it was a real surprise for everyone, including their coach, Graham Potter. Arsenal, uh, I think, in wonderful form. They've still got their consistency back. Their, their good win against Nottingham last weekend uh, was, was fantastic. Good to see Jesus, Martinelli, Bakuya Saka all back at it again. I think Chelsea, they're in a little bit of an injury crisis at the moment. Reese James is out from injury. You've got Ben Chilwell out of injury as well. Two key players, Graham Potter, won't be featuring in this game for Arsenal. And I think that's going to be a huge loss for Chelsea, even though that Chelsea will be at Stamford Bridge. I'm going to back Arsenal to get all three points. All right, Aston Villa play Man United. This is 1am Monday morning. I think this will be an interesting game. Yeah, this will be a definitely interesting game. Man United are back on form. They've been undefeated after five games. Who would have thought that when you're talking about Man United recent form? But they've been brilliant. Uh, you know, with the likes of Bruno Fernandes, Casemiro, Anthony, uh, you know, Ericsson as well in that midfield has been fantastic. And Ten Hag is getting a lot of praise at the moment from Man United fans. He's really turned their season around, got them playing some really good brand of football. Whereas Villa, you know, they come into this game with a loss last weekend. They had a good win the weekend prior, and people thought that uh, getting rid of Stevie G may have been the cure to all their problems, but uh, that wasn't to be the case. And uh, I fear for them going into this game against a really informed Man United side. I think United will be too strong in the end. Southampton will play the team going along very nicely, a bit under the radar, Newcastle. Yeah, they've been undefeated after nine games. Newcastle United heading into this one. Um, been absolutely brilliant, probably the most informed team in the, in the Premier League at the moment and the likes of Almirion, Gumierash just absolutely on fire for Newcastle, um, Kieran Trippier as well, been brilliant I think Southampton just been struggling along they found form there for a couple of periods but then suddenly now last weekend they dropped away again and uh, just hovering above that relegation battle so it would be a vital three points for, for Southampton if they could manage to pick it up but I just can't see it with Newcastle in form Absolutely on fire, and I think it'll be a comfortable victory in the end for Newcastle United. West Ham against Crystal Palace? Yeah, West Ham and, and Crystal Palace, big game this one for both teams, 10th versus 13th. West Ham, just very inconsistent in the last five games. They've picked up two draw, two losses, a draw, and, uh, and two wins. Trying to find that consistency again for them has been a big issue all season long for David Moyes. Palace, again, similarly, been a little bit inconsistent. They got a win last weekend, which hopefully will bring them confidence. I just think West Ham's, you know, at home, London Stadium, I expect West Ham to be uh, 
you know, a little bit too strong for Palace. And the final game of the weekend, this will be a very interesting one as well. Tottenham up against Crystal Palace Monday morning at 3.30am. Can I just quickly say, Monday morning, or Sunday night into Monday morning, you've got Chelsea Arsenal at 11pm. There's a couple of other EPL games, but at 1.30, Togger plays Samaya into 3.30 Tottenham Liverpool. What a six hours of sport. Yeah, absolutely. You won't be getting any sleep that night, will you? You just be uh, controlled up with a, with a coffee. Probably will be. But uh, yes, you might be asleep though, Dan. Well, but, I have uh, to be up at yeah. four a.m., so uh, that's my that is yeah. my excuse. But if I wasn't working, I would be up because it's a great. It is a great night of sport. Absolutely, and uh, look, Spurs have been mentioned quite a lot this past couple of weeks about you know the, the lack of you know, playing uh, entertaining style of football. They're still getting the results, but a lot of Spurs fans apparently still aren't happy with that. They want to see them win in an aesthetically, you know, beautiful way of playing football, which is a little bit surprising. But, um, yeah, I think for Liverpool, they've been on the opposite. They've been in the news for all the wrong reasons. You know, they've had a a lot of uh, bad start to the season, a real couple of games there where you just kind of end up scratching your head and wondering what's going wrong for, for Liverpool. No more so than Jurgen Klopp at the moment. He's a man under... Pressure at the moment, I suppose, and, and a lot of Liverpool fans are asking for, for Liverpool to bounce back and find their form again. And they've had back-to-back defeats against you know, opposition sides that are expected to win uh, against Leeds last week. They were well off it. Spurs, on the other hand, have been you know, in decent form, and I'll be interested to see how they go. Spurs are at home as well at Tottenham, so I think it'll be um, you know, a big game for both sides. I think uh, Liverpool might just sneak this one. I expect Liverpool to react to all the uh, negative news they've received of recent. All right. Yeah, interesting to see. You expect them to bounce back. You expect them to hit form at some stage. Look, it's very interesting, and we're going to get into our road to the World Cup in just a second, but it's very interesting that aside from when COVID hit, this would be one of the rare times you have a month off of the Premier League season, in the middle of the Premier League season. It's going to be interesting to see, and look, I be back on air by the time the Premier League uh, resumes on Boxing Day, or there and thereabouts. Um, be interesting to see how teams that have been maybe struggling might be able to turn things around. It definitely is a halt to uh, some you'd think of the teams flying at the moment. But anyway, we may talk about that on Tuesday because it is a momentous occasion. It is time to do this. Here's the latest from the 2022 FIFA Football World Cup. Yeah, only what two and a half weeks away, the FIFA World Cup and finally, John, our road to the World Cup is coming to an end. We're at Group H. We've already looked at Portugal and Ghana. So let's finish it off. I feel like there should be some music, but there isn't. Uruguay and South Korea, Group H of the World Cup. Yeah, I'll start with Uruguay for this one. Um, Uruguay got a, a real good attacking team. You look at their, their, you know, their experience they've got across the board. Luis Suarez leading the way, former Liverpool man. Uh, Darwin Nunes is currently at Liverpool at the moment and, and still finding a bit of form there. And Anderson Cavani, uh, those who know him at his Manchester United days, uh, as well as his PSG days, he's now playing his football over in, in Valencia in the La Liga. Some really top-quality, world-class names there, um, albeit a little bit of an ageing team, Uruguay. Um, but one of the big players to look out for is in the midfield, Federico Valverde uh, for Real Madrid. He's been absolutely in brilliant form since the start of the year. And obviously, Rodrigo Benteker from uh, Spurs in that midfield, been brilliant all season long for, for Tottenham. So I think from attackive side of things, I think they're just you know going to really be a real strong team and a real difficult team to hold out um, for those other sides in this group. But defensively, there may be some few questions raised about how they go defensively. Uh, but in the attackive side of things, they certainly got all the players and all the weapons to cause many of the sides the world to hurt. Their preparation's been decent. They had a good World Cup qualification campaign uh, yeah. and a decent uh, run of form there. 
So I think uh, expecting some big things from Uruguay, I think they'll be a, a real strong contender throughout this group stage, that's for sure. And the likes of South Korea, well, South Korea recently have had some really bad news. Uh, Son, the key man up front for Spurs, could be possibly missing out the uh, the World Cup. It hasn't been confirmed as yet, but uh, all signs say it isn't great news. Um, but it'll be a huge loss for, for South Korea. That's probably the difference, really, between South Korea really competing in this group or not, to be honest, particularly when you've got the likes of Portugal and Uruguay in the same group. So huge loss for, for South Korea. But still got players like He Chan Huang as well, playing over in the Wolverhampton in uh, in the Premier League. And Gu Sung Chu, who plays in Jumbuk uh, for the uh, K-League team, is a, is a great player as well. So... A lot of players in South Korea applying their, their trade in the domestic league, which is good to see. Um, but uh, I think for South Korea, it will be a big, big task to see them how they're going to get through this group, to be honest. I take it you expect Portugal and Uruguay to be the two teams that go through the knockout stages? Yes, exactly in that order as well. I think Portugal will be a real uh, you know, dark horse in this competition, to be honest. They've got some terrific players, and Fernando Silva, and obviously Bruno Fernandes, Ronaldo up front. I think uh, this would be a good period for Portugal to possibly go really deep into the World Cup. All right. And there's been a lot of talk, and we'll probably talk more about this when we've got a little bit more time uh, next Tuesday or on Tuesday. But a lot of talk about the build-up to the World Cup. Um, you know, In Australia, it gets lost a bit. Uh, and obviously, we've got a couple of other World Cups going on, one locally at the moment. But I think once the World Cup starts, I think everyone is going to be very, very invested in it. John, great stuff. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Not only will we wrap up the EPL, we've now finished our road to the World Cup, but we will do one more thing and we'll get your predictions on who's going to win and who's going to be runner-up and uh, maybe a surprise packet as well in this year's World Cup. So looking forward to doing that on Tuesday morning with you, mate. Yes, mate, absolutely, and uh, we'll talk soon. We will definitely talk soon. Thank you. Uh, John Gallo on the line talking all things football. And as I say, he'll be with me on Tuesday morning uh, talking all things EPL. We'll wrap up the weekend and also uh, we'll also do uh, the last predictions for the World Cup. And just quickly, let's just do this. Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup. You're going to speak to cricket commentator Jack Clifton in just a second. But Pakistan has kept its T20 World Cup campaign alive last night after stunning fight back with the ban and rain dealt South Africa its first loss of the tournament. The two nations played out one of the most entertaining innings of the World Cup in the first 20 overs with a lot of twists and turns. Uh, having won the toss, Pakistan was in strife early as it collapsed to lose four for 43, but they managed uh, to get the win, including a 106-metre six into the third tier of the SCG. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you definitely want to see that on replay. So well done to Pakistan. They keep their hopes alive. South Africa's first loss of the tournament. It was on the Duckworth-Lewis system, but Pakistan winning by 33 runs. Go to talk to Jack in a second about Australia and Afghanistan. Also today at 3 p.m., Ireland will play New Zealand. Your text on 0457 736 736. Your predictions for the weekend of sport coming up shortly as well. And you can call the open line anytime. 1300 01 1170. On the other side of this, we'll get the preview of a big weekend in cricket with Jack Clifton. It is 25 and a half minutes to 6, 25 and a half minutes to 5. This is World Cups in a nutshell. Welcome back. It is Friday morning. It's the 4th of November, 2022. Time for a T20 World Cup update. Jack Clifton is on the line. Cricket commentator. He joins me on regular occasions. Jack, uh, going to be a very interesting weekend of cricket. Good morning to you. 
Good morning to you, Dan. Thanks so much for having me on the show again. Yeah, love having you on. You'll be regular right throughout this summer when I return as well uh, from my break. Look, before we get to what is a very important weekend for the Australian cricket team and the ramifications of what may or may not happen in that match tonight again against Afghanistan and what happens with England tomorrow, uh, we haven't caught up for the past couple of weeks. We... We're discussing the T20 World Cup leading into sort of the first weekend of big games. And I think it has definitely captured a lot of people's attention. Now, I reckon probably a bit disappointing how Australia has been playing. And I thought the match that was due to be played this time last week against England when it was washed out, that was a big disappointment. But we've seen some good games in between that. I still think the headline act was that India-Pakistan game. But, geez, there's been a lot of good games. Yeah, and that's the exciting thing about a World Cup, Dan, whether it's the, the Football World Cup or the Rugby League World Cup that's going on at the moment or, or the T20 Cricket World Cup. There's just the, you, you get to see so many different players from different countries that you might not have a whole lot of experience with in watching if you're a bit more of a casual cricket fan or if you're a really hardcore cricket nuffy, then you're getting to see these guys up close and personal. Um, there's obviously been games here in Sydney. Uh, there's been games down in Melbourne. That India-Pakistan game was, was incredible. If you saw some of the scenes of the fans outside and singing songs and dancing and, yeah, just enjoying the, the atmosphere once they got into the ground. So I think it's been really good for, for the country of Australia. I think it's been really good for the game of cricket. I guess kind of leading into the summer as well, you've You've got a, kind of, a lot of young kids that have, have, have probably just signed up for cricket and just have just started their cricketing journey. And even cricket players like me, sometimes you just want to emulate what you're seeing on TV. So I think it's been magnificent. Unfortunately, probably hasn't been a great campaign by Australia. It sounds a bit funny because they have lost just the one game um, uh, and uh, we, we're hoping they can kind of make their way through to the knockout stages. But um, I, I think outside of that, it's, um, it's been pretty entertaining. You look at Raleigh Russo from... Uh, the South African side that hit a wonderful century um, a little while ago. And I think they've been a bit of a surprise packet. And then, of course, you've got the Indians who are always such a, such a tough task, whoever they're playing. Um, yeah. And they've been, they've been able to find some really good form, uh, especially from the will of Virat Kohli. So, yeah, exciting times ahead. And even if Australia don't make the knockout stage, I think the, the semifinals and finals are going to be huge spectacles here in Australia, Dan. And I was having a chat with someone the other day about, um, you know, if Australia don't make it to the semifinals, if they don't make it to the final. Now, clearly that will be disappointing, but it is a World Cup. And I think, in particular, the final, you will definitely get people watching that final because like any mm. final of any major tournament, it doesn't have to be a World Cup, but let's uh, refer to it as uh, this, year, obviously, as a World Cup. You get people watching it even if your team's not playing. And I think, as I said, and as you said just then, it's been a remarkable tournament so far. And I think the thing about T20, and we discussed this a couple of weeks ago as well, is it's not not that, you know, there's a lot of cricket games that can go one way or another, but it's definitely not as predictable as a 50-over game or as much as everyone loves it, a test match, which I think adds a different complex to this World Cup as well. Yeah, it certainly does. There's a lot of different tactics in T20s that... You don't even, uh, you wouldn't even be thinking, wouldn't even be planning in, in a 50-over game, let alone in a in a four-day first-class game like the Sheffield Shield or um, a, in, in a Test match like we might see later in the summer when Australia play the Windies in South Africa. So mm. yeah, I, I think I think it's really developing. It's bringing a different a, a different type of fan as well, and I think that's why it was created. That's why uh, there's been the advancement of the 100-ball competition over in the UK. Um, it's not necessarily made for rusted on cricket fans, although we we do we do enjoy it probably just as much as the casual fan. But it's being able to to bring in um, your average fan, your, your fan that might be sitting sitting on the fence. And Rugby League's done a similar thing with, with the nines concept. Rugby's tried to do a similar thing with the sevens concept. So I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I guess, personally still a traditionalist, so I still love the long format, but I understand that's not for everyone. The, the 
those people that like to uh, don't, don't want to be watching cricket for six or eight hours um, on, a, on a weeknight or on a weekend and you can have a game in three hours you can enjoy all the excitement it's kind of everything great about cricket wrapped up in a few short hours so yeah I think the tournament's been great for it um, we're seeing um, uh, a lot of teams kind of um, start to develop especially when you look at Perhaps some of them, I hate using this word, but some of the smaller nations, some of the yeah. associate nations, even someone like Bangladesh, like they, they, they really pushed it um, uh, against, uh, against the Indians on Wednesday night. Probably a little bit unlucky not to get something out of that game with, with some of the contentious calls that came, I guess, with the, the, DL, uh, the, the DLS, the Duckworth-Lewis method, and, and also the, the overs and, and that should have been lost. But didn't get lost. But yeah, I think it's been, it's been a wonderful tournament. Um, and like I said, I think it's probably similar to uh, the, the NRL Grand Final or the Soccer World Cup Final where uh, or your nation isn't in the final. I think there's going to be a lot of interest. And I believe the MCG is, is going to be the, the venue that's going to be hosting the final. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful atmosphere there when it's packed out, much like it was for India and Pakistan. And, and let's just hope that we get lots of people through the gates and, and uh, we can kind of show the world that Australia is, is great at hosting world events like this T20 World Cup. Yeah, and another World Cup, of course, here next year with the Football FIFA Women's World Cup as well. Uh, let's talk about Australia there in action tonight against Afghanistan. We know what they uh, need to do, and then they've got to hope uh, results go their way over the course of the rest of the weekend. A, Jack, firstly, do you see them making it through to the next stage of the tournament? And regardless if they do or they don't, would you see any, I suppose, especially if they don't, would you see this tournament as a bit below par for Australia, considering, of course, they are the uh, reigning champions of the T20 World Cup, having won it last year? Yeah, I think I think it, w- it would be seen as below par and, and probably seen as a failure. I know that yeah. seems quite harsh, but when you are the reigning champions, um, I think, and, and on home soil as well, let's not forget in 2015, there was a lot of pressure on Australia when the 50-over World Cup was here. Uh, and Australia came by with flying colours and, and won the title. And I think it was kind of Michael Clark's last hurrah um, as, 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 uh, as a one-day player and one-day captain. So, yeah, I definitely think it would be below par. I definitely think it would be a disappointment. Um, kind of part of me feels like Australia might actually scrape into the semifinals. I was actually talking with my colleagues um, on the way down game that I'm covering um, at the moment down in Wollongong, and we were kind of, yeah, discussing what the, the modus operandi should be for Australia tonight um, to, to, to try and, I guess, boost that net run rate because, um, yeah, they, they do find themselves in, in a little bit of trouble and they want to try and put pressure back on back on England who have a, have a tough match against the Sri Lankans a little bit later on. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised at all if Australia pulled this out, especially if they were about first and, and if they could really plunder the Afghan bowlers around and get 190-200 and then really try and take early wickets, quick wickets and, and try and roll Afghanistan for a small total, um, then that could certainly lead the way. Or alternatively, Afghanistan being, being sent in and, and kind of getting rolled for, for a small score. It's going to be very, very tough. But at least Australia know what's expected of them. They've got all the analysts. They've got all the statisticians telling them what they need to do to boost that net run rate. Um, and I guess if they don't make it through, perhaps you kind of look back retrospectively, Dan, at that first game against New Zealand at the SCG, where mm. Australia probably didn't have much of a chance of chasing that down after they lost a few wickets, should they have tried to consolidate and play for the net run rate rather than kind of lose their heads and, and try and uh, go slather and whack and hit the ball out of the park and, and fall several runs short. So, yeah, lots to think about it. It's exciting, and, um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Australian fans tonight that are going to have the calculators out and, 
going to be jumping on Crick Info and different websites to try and find out how close they are to the net, net run rate over the course of that clash against the Afghans. And that T20 World Cup final, by the way, is uh, Sunday the 13th of November. So next Sunday, I believe I'm losing track. But yes, next Sunday uh, at the MCG. So that will be very interesting. Hey, just before I let you go, um, I'm off on a little bit of a holiday, a little bit of a leave. I won't be back until uh, Boxing Day. Uh, so, of course, we've got the T20 World Cup on at the moment, as we've been talking about. But it does lead into you know, a big summer of cricket. You mentioned it before as well. We've got two test matches starting at the back end of uh, this match uh, this month against the West Indies and then uh, a three-match series against South Africa starting on the 17th of December. I know we'll talk about it more when it's going on and when I'm back, but it is an interesting summer of cricket, in particular, I think, those three tests against South Africa. Yeah, I think it's probably been a little bit lost because there has been so much short-form cricket. There's been a host of T20 international series, uh, that Australia been playing in, in 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 sort of a warm up for the T20 World Cup, and then actually after the uh, after the final of the the T20 World Cup, Australia actually have three one day internationals against the English side. So mm. um, yeah, the Test cricket and the long form has probably been forgotten about a little bit. We've got Nathan Lyon, um, Travis Head, and 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 also Alex Carey are playing in this uh, this Sheffield Shield clash down here in Wollongong with New South Wales taking on South Australia. So they're getting some red ball cricket in. But yeah, I think it'll be a fascinating series. Uh, I I definitely think even though there has been um, a, a roll-on of players um, compared to what happened with all the sandpaper gate stuff back in 2018. I still reckon there's a bit of feeling. I think there's always been a bit of feeling between Australia and South Africa. I think South Africa probably didn't appreciate the chokers tag that was um, was, was was laid upon them uh, from those those close uh, matches in the 1990s, the, the 99 World Cup fi- uh, semi-final. Obviously, one of them, and, and Australia always just seemed to get the better of them. Um, and, and definitely some feeling, especially after what Saf Duplessis uh, kind of uh, recorded or, or had written in his his biography uh, about what happened at San, uh, the Sandpaper Gate over there in Cape Town. So there'll be some feeling. There's definitely going to be some kind of Hollywood-type storylines and scripts, Dan. But I think it should be a, a really good summer of cricket. And I, I would say that Australia will probably use that two-test test series against the uh, the West Indies. And no disrespect to the Windies, but they're certainly not the same calibre of a, a South Africa or an India. They'll probably use that as a bit of a tune-up, a bit of a warm-up, just to get ready for what should be three fascinating tests against South Africa um, in early 2023. Yeah, and of course, uh, the Big Bash as well, uh, getting underway on the 13th of December or there or thereabouts. Jack, great stuff. As per usual, we will catch up again uh, when I return. Uh, we'll see if Australia can uh, do something in this T20 World Cup, and we'll uh, catch up next month. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Dan. Enjoy your holiday, mate. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Jack Clifton talking cricket. We will come back after this. This is World Cups in a nutshell for your Friday morning. NBL last night, uh, Jack Jumpers 85 over the Wildcats 77. We saw the 36ers defeat the Hawks. We've had a poor start to the year, 96 to 80. Uh, on the text, 0457 736 736 uh, from the Oval Trim. And he says, hi, Dan, back in July, Ireland almost pulled off a remarkable double by defeating the All Blacks for the first time in New Zealand, but just falling short of defeating New Zealand in an ODI that same weekend. My bold prediction for this weekend is for Ireland to go one better by winning their T20 against New Zealand this afternoon and helping the Aussies make the semis and then their rugby team getting a win as well over the weekend over uh, the All Blacks uh, second string. Yeah, well, that T20 game, look, they beat England last week. People uh, 
quickly forget that, but they did beat England, so we'll see what happens. God, it would be good to see, wouldn't it? It'd be very good for Australia. Uh, thank you, Yeovil Treatment. Thank you for all your texts and calls this week. Now, next week, I'll be here on Tuesday. I'll be joined by Vossi, Chris Perkins and John Gallo. Uh, big preview of the Football World Cup, all the news out of America. And then I'm uh, taking a few weeks off. Alex Mokchinov will fill in for uh, me from Wednesday, but I'll fill you more in on that on Tuesday. Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy coming up on the show. Harry Kuehl will join them and Harrison Crow as well. So looking forward to that one coming up straight after the news at 6am. For this is through Queensland. You'll get the first hour of that, then Padden Heels from 6am local time. Enjoy a big weekend of sport. We've got the NFL on Monday so I'll catch you back here Tuesday morning from 5am. Have a great weekend. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.